over here, there's too much going on. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Great couple of weeks for Wales women's Robin Locke, winning her first two caps. Five years after severe illness put sport in perspective. They even kind of said, you know, you shouldn't really be passing a rugby ball because we don't know what germs are on that. So you can watch rugby on the telly, but going to a game is not something we'd recommend. A big moment this weekend when Lisa Burgess takes her place on the WIU Council. The first woman elected by the Welsh clubs into that role. Huge honour there to represent the Welsh clubs and, um, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, looking forward very much so to taking that role and helping develop, you know, look after Welsh rugby if you like. It's a huge honour. The romance of the cup lives on with tough challenges everywhere. Very happy, listen, we spoke about it all week, about coming down to bed, right? How much the tough trip is going to be and how we have to be, if anything, a level ahead of, of where we've been the last couple of weeks with good results against Swansea and RGC. Marvin Quinn's captain Hayden Pugh after their hard-fought victory in Bather. More from the WIU Challenge Cup later, but every now and then, rugby throws up an amazing story, something that's bigger than the sport. And when Robin Locke ran on to win her first cap with Wales Women during this autumn series, that was one of those occasions, as she explained to Liz Jones. So Robin, talk to us about the journey you've been on in the last five years to the point where you were selected in the Wales squad for the autumn series. I guess day one to present day, they're two worlds apart really. So five years ago, October the 2nd, 2014, I was sat in Singleton Hospital and I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage four, that had been in my lymphatic system, but had also spread to my lungs. And prior to that, there was lots of tests, symptoms, not being able to breathe, not being able to sleep. I couldn't walk 10 metres, I couldn't go upstairs. They thought it was maybe asthma. I had a peak flow of 150. The average peak flow is supposed to be between 450 to 600. So I just, I didn't really know what was, what was happening to my body and what was wrong with me. So yeah, and then mum was living in New Zealand and moved back to be my full-time carer. I left university, I had to defer my third year. I then lived in Swindon and had my treatment in Oxford Churchill. So then from the end of October until the end of uh, April, I had six months of chemotherapy. So every two weeks I'd be at Churchill Hospital for the, the whole day, just being pumped with chemo. Yeah, and, and I think from then, that six months and having that year out, my focus prior to being diagnosed, I was the university rugby team captain. Rugby was where I'd really, like, truly found myself. I'd played netball previously, but, you know, rugby had been... My identity had been something that I'd love to do. It'd be something that I would like to go and watch. I'd love to play it. I loved learning about rugby as well. So then having that taken away from me, then, you know, having that year where I wasn't allowed to do it, I wasn't because of my immune system, because of my strength, just the, the, the physicality of rugby. You wasn't able to do anything. They even kind of said, you know, you shouldn't really be passing a rugby ball because we don't know what germs are on that. So you can watch rugby on the telly, but going to a game is not something we'd recommend. So I kind of lived in isolation for a year until May 2015. So a month after chemo, I was kind of given, told I was, I was in remission. I could begin thinking about getting my immune system back up and thinking about rugby again. But having it taken away from you 
and I've never looked back since I was given the all clear but it's always been in the back of my mind because in theory I, I'm still in remission I won't be out of remission I'll be clinically cured April 2020 so five years until my last chemo and you know they were certain that you know if the cancer came back it was deemed a relapse rather than failed chemotherapy it's always been in the back of my mind like anytime I felt unwell like since you know for the past five years anytime I felt a bit groggy anytime I've had a restless night anytime I felt a little bit breathless I've always thought is, is it me relapsing what's going on so I think having rugby to focus on and you know, then getting into the Ospreys squad and then being named Player of the Year two seasons ago um, was a huge honour. And I was like, you know, if it doesn't go anywhere further, I'm really happy with where I've gone. But then I've always had my eyes on playing for Wales since moving to Swansea University. I watched the girls play in Six Nations. My love of rugby was then also loving watching the Welsh girls and supporting them when they played in, in autumn internationals. Even if it was abroad, we'd watch it on telly. You know, we followed them to the World Cup in Ireland and I always thought, you know, that I want to be on the pitch with those girls there. And so to have the opportunity five years post-diagnosis and um, being 21 and being diagnosed with cancer is, you know, if someone had said to me in five years' time, don't worry, you'll be all right, you'll be in Welsh kit, <laughs> sat in the veil, I would have gone, all right then, I don't know what, what you've had this morning for breakfast, but, but yeah, so it's two worlds apart, really. It's amazing. You know, just talking about it now, I kind of go, oh, that's actually, yeah, pretty special, very special, actually, yeah. And rugby helped you in some of those dark times, give you a motivation for the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I was playing for Skewen at the time and um, the girls, we had a, a charity rugby match and the girls came down and played in it and, you know, drove from Wales to... We played the match in Sirencester, so they drove down. So aside the sport, there is the love of rugby and the, and the sport itself. But then it's all the soft stuff around it, like the friends that you make and kind of the journey that you go through in an 80 minute game as well as training really hard celebrating successes learning from failures you do get that sense of family when it's about rugby so having that taken away from you and having to move away from the group of girls who I knew as my Welsh family was a motivator I wanted to make sure that I came back from chemotherapy and that year out like fitter and stronger than what I was when I left. Just so that I get you know, to the girls, you know, you don't worry, you don't have to carry baggage. It's not the sick girl that's come back. It's, it's Robin, she's back and let's play rugby. <laughs> to get a cap. Oh my God. Just, even just being in this training squad, when I got called up to the extended squad, I rung my mum crying. I was like, I think it's happening. And she was like, do you know what? And I said, if I get no further than the extended training squad this season, I've done something more than what I did last season and I'm, all, I'm continually growing then to be announced in the autumn international squad I cried again I've done a lot of crying um I cried again rung mum rung dad and I just it's almost like and then walking into the veil and you get given your kit and you you get to wear the kit to do headshots to get a cap this autumn the icing on the cake really but 
it hasn't just been me doing it on my own. I've had huge, huge support from every coach that has pulled me to one side and given me tips, every team player who's picked me up from a tackle, given me a bum tap, keep going, lucky. I haven't done it on my own. I've done it with huge support around me. So to be able to then have my own cap and then almost a nod towards everyone who's helped me get here, so special, so special. Quite a tale there, and of course, best of luck for Robin's future international career. A really good win in Ireland for Wales women at the weekend too, and some exciting fixtures to come. Away to Scotland, and then home to Crochets and the Barbarians. Crochets coach Lisa Burgess is one of those stalwarts of the women's game, 87 caps as well as senior coaching roles. She's also about to make history as the first woman elected onto the WIU Council, one of the national representatives voted for by all the clubs in Wales. A chance to catch up in the stand at Rodney Parade, and we started by talking about that Crochet's game and how her side is coming together. Yeah, really good, actually. You know, we've managed to secure quite a, a good uh, mix of players from um, over four different countries, and it's really nice to see a mix of regional players that haven't quite made the cut for the Welsh squad being able to take on some of the Welsh players selected. And we've got some players that have represented Wales in the past. Meg York, prop, which is great. Uh, Meg's got over 30 caps for Wales. We've got uh, Shona Powell-Hughes as well coming into the back row, which is brilliant to see her back. Also, Sean Williams as well. So there's a real nice mix of players that have, you know, those that have played for Wales and those young and up-and-coming um, players as well coming into the fold. And getting players, how did you manage that? Some countries obviously are playing in the Autumn Internationals, so we've, we've had to negotiate with some, but we've got um, an exciting hooker from Canada, which is going to be really good to see her play. She plays at Loughborough Lightning at the moment, Emily Totozzi. She's got two caps for Canada. It's going to be great to have her on board. We've got another player from America as well, Hallie, which will be great to see her play. She plays over at Richmond. And um, we've got a couple of Irish players as well, which are great, Catherine Buggy and Jill Bork. Catherine Buggy hasn't actually played for Ireland, but Jill's got 50 caps for Ireland, so it'd be great to have her in the fold as well. And then we've got some English players as well, which is also great. Uh, again, not in the current squad, but have played or been involved with England. Strength is so deep over there that there are a load of players who'd be high quality. So it's certainly going to be a good test. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we're coming together, you know, we've got three days to put in some kind of structures um, well two days of training really we're going to meet on the Wednesday evening then we've got Thursday training session two sessions and then one on Friday so yeah a bit bit barbarian type style which is what these invitational games are and yeah really looking forward to getting the squad together now and also the coaches we've got a huge calibre of the coaching team as well with Rachel Taylor Katrina Nicholas and also Elle Evans joining the coaching team which will be really exciting bringing their strength and depth and experience along to that as well to have this autumn series started with Spain, then Ireland and building up towards the Barbarians after that game, it's a great series of matches for Wales women to be playing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really um, intense <laughs> preparation for the autumn internationals, but you know they can certainly look and rotate, look at the combinations they've got you know, and introduce quite a lot of new caps as well, which is great to see into the kind of system to select their final squad to go forward for the um, Six Nations. So yeah, really exciting and tight schedule for Wales, yeah. And for you playing up at Ebervale as well, it's a chance to do a little bit more than just turn up for the game. Talk us through that. What a fantastic pitch to be playing at. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to that and the community there have been incredibly supportive um, towards the Crochet. So, yeah, really excited to be playing there. 
and doing some work in the community in the build-up to the game as well. Yes, that's right. We've got a big uh, girls' festival on the 21st, so a schools' festival, which um, we're hopefully seeing lots of young girls coming to do a training session and then watch us train as well at the Corsets and get to meet some of the players that we represent in the Corsets as well, which is um, great for that. So we're hoping to get as many young girls there as possible to, for that um, festival day on the 21st, the Thursday. And a busy time for you, obviously a full-time job in, in Heartbreed, doing all this stuff with uh, the crochets and the other rugby coaching, and also just joining the uh, WIU Council. Talk us through that process. Yeah, I mean, a huge honour there to represent the Welsh clubs, and um, yeah, really exciting. We've got the AGM where I um, get to meet everybody then on the, um, the council, and yeah, looking forward very much so to taking that role and helping develop, you know, or look after Welsh rugby, if you like. It's a huge honour. The first woman elected it's a slightly surprising statement in 2019 but it's also a great honor yeah exactly it's, it's strange to think that um yeah i'll be the only woman there but yeah again like i said huge opportunity and you know thanks to all the member clubs for backing and supporting me and yeah the first woman is a bit strange to be saying that but um welsh rugby are now embracing the changes so hopefully um we'll see more and more changes happening in a positive way but yeah looking forward to seeing what these new challenges will bring joining officially at the WRU AGM next Sunday but how much do you know about the role how much do you know about what you can expect well the first thing is obviously I've already had a couple of meetings with council members as ready and you know my take on it you know obviously I'll be um, heavily involved in community game different aspects on that and also obviously women's rugby but also um, you know looking at how inclusive we can be with rugby um, including all the different areas of rugby deaf rugby disabled rugby as well so all those different areas of the sport you come into it with a big educational background as well as the international rugby background so it's not just women's rugby it is the whole thing yeah it is and, and rugby is for everybody to participate in and it's um, making it available to all those different avenues um, anybody that wants to be involved in rugby how they can be involved in it and how we can make sure they're involved fully in the game how much do you know about the system and how it works and how you might be a little bit different coming into it it's obviously been uh, yeah. all male for a start and yeah, like I said, for me, it's going to be a bit a case of you know going along. I've had some really good meetings so far with members of the council. I need to explore that and see how I can be involved at, at the optimum level. I don't just want to be there as a woman representing the WRU council. I want to be there as a person that believes strongly in Welsh rugby and wants to make an impact in that way and be a voice for the community game, women's game, and also um, you know inclusivity as well to make sure that these people get heard. So that's what I want to be. And you are, of course, a representative of 300 clubs, not just one district. You've got that overarching role. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's important that I, you know, I'm able to get out and listen to what these people, what the Welsh community want from um, the WRU council role, what they want from me as well. So, so it's exploring all those avenues and that will start with a meeting next week on the 19th. And you start your role officially after the AGM. Is that how it works? Yes. Yes, that's, that's how I understand it to be working. Yes, and that's what I've been briefed on. So, yeah, next week will be the official welcome and then um, I'll find out in greater detail about how I can impact on my role. So a hugely busy few weeks isn't it? You've got the AGM next week then you've got the uh, Crochets game and then you won't be able to be there because of other reasons but then you've got the Barbarians game for Wales women at the stadium. You've got a lot of Barbarians experience as well as Wales women's experience. That's a big occasion isn't it? It's a big moment for Wales women to be playing a game like that. Oh it's a huge occasion for women's rugby and for Barbarian rugby. It's the second international fixture for the Barbarians which are going from strength to strength you know it's great to see um you know we've got another welsh coach in there rachel taylor which is brilliant to see tales um coaching alongside joe yap there which is um fantastic for women's sport and to be playing at the stadium another double header before the men is great it's fantastic to see so yeah really exciting opportunity
listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Certainly something to look forward to. It'll be quite a day at the stadium. Warren Gatlin's return, of course, and there are still tickets available. If that's the international scene, let's look at the club scene for a while. It was a WIU Challenge Cup last weekend and some interesting games. Competition across divisions is always fascinating, like Carmarthen Quinn's going to Bather where they earned a hard-fought win. Afterwards, Rob Cole spoke to both sides. In a moment, Bather's Matthew Reed, But first, Hayden Pugh from Carmarthen Quinns. Very happy. Listen, we spoke about it all week, about coming down to Bever, how, how much of a tough trip it was going to be and how we had to be, if anything, a level ahead of, of where we've been the last couple of weeks with good results against Swansea and RGC. I mean, the same type of mindset that we take into those games that we take into this game. We didn't take them any differently than anything else and to be fair to those boys some some sharp boys there as well the weather was a bit was a bit poor with the pitch and that but i think we, our boys did really well we stuck to our systems and we didn't let it get into a dog fight and we, we got the win that just to get us into the next one well you, you knew what was going to win it for you and you those driving walls were devastating yet again yeah yeah well it's something that we're working on and, and we've kept on working on and you know what I mean it's a strength that we've got and uh, we're going to keep on using it so yeah. again I will be totally honest you mean Bev I have put up a big stronger fight than a couple of Prem teams oh, that we played against the last couple of weeks in that driving line I know we scored two I think but you know what I mean when we looked at RGC last week and we took them apart you know I mean they were a lot, diff- a lot more difficult to get into yeah. so fair play to them boys they, they should uh, hold their heads up high and, uh, and they did a good job but our boys just to reflect on us we we did what we went out to outset and do, and uh, and we got the result. And uh, yeah, it was a tough game, but the boys enjoyed. You're building nicely. Yeah, yeah, we are. You know I mean we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. We know that there's a big, big couple of games now. We've got Ebervale next week up there. They had a tough game last night. I, yeah. We know a lot of their boys, like Sweetie Langdon and all those boys. So we know that Greg Woods will probably be having a big old chat this week, and we're going up there in Ebervale. And we don't even look at our score last week. We're going up there with intentions to get the W, but we know how tough it's going to be. So. Yeah, we are building nicely, but it's about maintaining and keep building and building. And as a squad, got a lot of good youngsters out there then today. Yeah. You mean I'm feeling old out there now at 30, 30, <laughs> nearly 31. So, uh, yeah, those boys have shown some real, real key leadership. And that's what it's about is keep on building years to come and those boys coming through. So it's, it's excellent. Speaking of Emil last week, you said, you know, a, a good cup rent would be great. And, you know, if you're looking for silverware, that's probably one of the better things you can aim at. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we are obviously, we've, we got to the cup uh, about four or five years yes. ago cup final against Landover we lost there all disappointed with that fair play to them um, and yeah something you know, we're not going to lie I think every team will talk about silverware as, as they yes. come in to do their values at the beginning of the season yeah. and the cup for every team will be the thing on that yeah. list of what we want to go for yes you know, we're in the quarterfinals now we'll see what the draw is like now and again we just take it a step ahead and we don't overthink anything it's the next game it's the next game and we'll keep on building but yeah obviously that is on our targets yeah. and uh, yeah like uh, again you mean fair play to him he wasn't up here today he's just had his uh, He's just had a newborn baby, so Yes, I hear that. When would that come? Friday, I think, yeah. uh, or this morning. I'm not quite sure, to be Great. honest. Yeah. But, um, no, best of wishes. So dedicate this to him, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think Wilson, Jack Wilson, the 10, has dedicated the win to him because he, he played well up there, fair play. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, no, we knew how tough it would be up here. Yeah. Didn't take him lightly, and, and we've come away with a result. Yeah, I thought we... Played some decent stuff first half, um, but again we knew we were going to be up against the second half. Fit the team, uh, a couple of changes we we made early, which we thought would have uh, a positive impact, and it didn't really really work for us. But uh, in fairness, I thought um, Boy put in a good shift. Yeah, well they, they didn't crumble. They kept on playing, and you know a little bit of accuracy might have helped. But uh, yeah, we we, we gifted them 
two tries in the first half, uh, poor kick, uh, driving line out try, and then another poor kick in the midfield, charge down, resulted just pressure and territory, and again another try. So um, we were uh, almost semi on times, yeah. but one thing you can't uh, take away is uh, the commitment and um, the will to play, really. Yeah. And, well, uh, Hayden Pugh said that that was tougher than a number of Premiership games. He said they worked out our driving line out, and it was much harder than playing against RGC last week in that area. So, you know, that, that's good praise from someone who's, uh, uh, you know, knows his way around this circuit. Oh, definitely. That is, that is good praise, and it's, uh, I think that's credit to the players who yeah. took the field today. I think there's one area which obviously we did look at was the strength of the easy driving line up. They did manage to uh, get one early second half, and obviously we managed to. Uh, yeah identify and sort out second half but um, for our boys it wasn't about the, the scoreline today it was just about performance really and if we could put in a good performance I'd be happy with that and uh, obviously we've got a big league game next week which is the Well that's, that's the thing will this help you in the league because that's what you need to concentrate on there isn't it? Yeah it will because it'll give the players belief and confidence that we can match the best teams in the yeah. Prem and like you say I know they probably missed they give them good confidence going into next week Yeah how tough is it sitting on the side watching that? Uh, it, is, it is tough. You know, obviously, obviously, some weeks you think, you know, we show out there, and other weeks then, uh, when conditions are bad and there's a few uh, scuffles going on, I'm glad I'm on the yeah. tough side. But a great uh, turnout today as well with a couple of supporters. And, oh, they were great uh, up there, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were great. That's what a couple of about, yeah. Just giving uh, the local supporters an opportunity yeah. to come and uh, support uh, the team. Yeah. Holders Cardiff managed to keep their hopes of defending the cup alive by beating Upper Vale. Rob Cole spoke to a couple of their players, hat-trick hero Dan Fish and first captain Morgan Allen. That was a bit more like it. Yeah, I mean, it was the performance that we talked about we needed. We managed to put it together for 80 minutes on the field, which is the first time we've done it all season. So yeah. I'm really happy with that, really happy with the game. Yeah. And you don't look as though you want to give up this title. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. I want to come away with some silverware, whether it be Cup or League or yeah. potentially both would be a uh, hell of a season. Because you had to work hard to get it back last year, and it was a big gap, 22 years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to give up that easy. It was a big weight for the, for the Cup win last year, so that's not that's not such a weight this year. Uh, nice not to have to play in the wind and the rain like last week. Oh, what a difference. Uh, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what we needed. It's how we want to play. We want to, we want to like, get the ball in our hands and play a bit of positive rugby and the weather allowed us to do that today. Yeah. Well, that was quite a statement and, and a hell of a side out tonight. Yeah, I mean, we've made a lot of signings over the summer, but a, a really good squad together. You know, we've gelled pretty quickly and you know, we are starting to put some stuff together. Yeah. And if Gareth Thompson could give you tries like that, you'd take him, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, every day of the week, as long as I don't run very far. <laughs> so turn, turn to 60 metres. It wasn't quite a trademark, right, was it? But yeah, that'll, that'll do. Nice yeah. little plate. Uh, they all count. They all count. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he kicked superbly tonight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Consistency yeah. Is, is key for him. And uh, you know, when he puts it together, he, he can, uh, he can do, do what he does. Yeah. Your two young locks are coming on well, too, aren't they? Two good players, two, two great athletes. They, they've gelled well together, they spend you know, a lot of time together, so they're able to play with each other and uh, work, work with each other. Yeah. You know, a nice dry night, a bit chilly, but you know, the ball's dry and we could just show what we could do when our attack clips. Yeah, pretty devastating form. Uh, three tries for yourself, uh, Hattrick, take us through them. I'm not a person who, gives, who really cares about who scores the tries. You know, it's a big team effort. I was lucky enough to get on the end of them uh, three tries, but no, that could have been anyone. Yeah. The main thing is how we got the result tonight. And a positive um, mindset from Cardiff, I felt, you know, you, you wanted to, to score tries throughout the game. Oh yeah, you know, that's what Cardiff are known for, you know, uh, running rugby, and we just know when our attack clicks, that, that's the sort of rugby we can play, and um, we're just fortunate tonight that things did click, and, um, you know, we still have things to work on. It wasn't perfect tonight, but 
you know, the scoreline might flatter us a bit, but, you know, we'll take half an hour. 100% record for the season to date. You're doing something right, aren't you? Oh, yeah, you know, like, you can tell, like, it's a good team culture. The boys are enjoying it, the coaches are enjoying it. Uh, smiles on faces Tuesday, Thursday, and that's leading to the games on a Saturday. But, um, you know, we've got a big month ahead of us now, a lot of big fixtures coming up into December, into this Christmas period, so, you know, we're going to knuckle down and work hard. Next step, I think it's a way to pretend, you know, your thoughts looking forward. Oh, you know, Bridgend are always a tough team, especially uh, down there. So, uh, like we said, we're going to patch up uh, Tuesday, Thursday and then come out then. And like we said, the game starts at 0-0 again, so we've got a big game next Saturday. And you've got that big game against Abra Evan uh, looming large now, haven't you? That could be quite a turning point. Oh, yeah, you know, we just got to take it week by week. So, you know, we'll, we'll come to that Abra Evan game when our week approaches. But for now, our focus turns to Bridgend. So, uh, hopefully get a job done against them and then we go look forward again then. You happy to be playing, I was going to say down here, but it's not down here, but you happy to be playing... For, for Cardiff? Oh, you know, I'm just happy. Like, as long as I've got a ball on my hands and I'm running around with a smile on my face, I'm happy to play anywhere. If I was playing for Cardiff, playing for the Blues, or if I was playing for my local team, it was, like, you know, you never know when it's going to stop. So you just got to keep enjoying it when you can. Yeah, and if you score three tries, it's a nudge to John Melville and everyone upstairs, isn't it, saying, uh, you know, I'm still here? Oh, you know, like I said, it's a team effort. I'm just happy to get a win tonight. So let's move on to the regions, and it's the return of European rugby this weekend. Let's start with Dan Fisher's Blues with most eyes on their mouth-watering clash with Leicester in the second round of an interesting group. Here's coach John Mulberhill. Getting back in playing Leicester in such big fixtures is massive for us, so really looking forward to the challenge that brings. And, you know, we've probably got Calvazano at the right time at the start to hopefully build some momentum and give some of our fringe players an opportunity. By no means will we go out there with a understrength team. We're going out there to win and win well, but we will give one or two boys an opportunity in that game. So there is a bit of a mixture for us, but important part for us at the Blues at the moment is gathering some momentum and some confidence in winning games. Because How do you assess where you are? You're obviously not where you'd want to be at this stage of the season. No, we're probably disappointed where we are, but we're not far away from getting it right either. We've been in every game, we've been in every contest, not far away. In terms of your World Cup players, when do you start feeding them back in? Owen Lane and Hallam Amos should be available for us in the Leicester week. Dylan Lewis, Josh Adams and Thomas Williams will go into preparation for the Barbars and we won't see them until after that game. And obviously Josh Navidi has had a hamstring injury so that could take him six or seven weeks for him to heal so we'll see him this side of Christmas leading into the derbies. A couple of your players will have got massive boosts from the World Cup Owen Lane obviously yeah. going out getting capped Josh Adams getting the uh, most tries in the tournament so yeah, Thomas Williams was brilliant off the bench and every, every minute he played was special and helped change the game there the, the French game was a, went a big way to win that game all for all of them it was their first World Cup a massive achievement for them individually they'd be disappointed with how they just fell at the last hurdle but they'll certainly bring back some confidence and in their own ability and we'll probably need that being infused back into um, where we're at at the moment When you looked at your potential back three yeah. what was that feeling you've had some players who are doing pretty well while they're away Yeah well I think those three played very well in that, in that third four playoff and speaking to Owen he was just commenting on how quick the game was and how fast and at the level that he's never been at before so he'll get some good experience out of that and We've got some good players and exciting players here as well, so it's about our, us meshing the whole group together and, and playing some exciting rugby for ourselves and obviously the, our supporters. At Carvasano game, what sort of side are we going to see in that? How, how much changed? At this part of the year, we've played basically the same 25 every week, so they're going to break if we keep doing that. 
so we will rest a, a few but I just think it's really important first game in Challenge Cup we, we win and win well they've done very well in the competition so far they'll have a few um, overseas players they're leading the competition at the moment so we're not going to go in there and be ambushed we're going to go in there quite strong and that Leicester game we'll on, pick, on we'll, TV big, yeah, big we'll, match we'll, we'll pick as strong as we possibly can in that, in that week hopefully you know, get two good results it's going to be an interesting pool because you, know, you have to win your home games and we probably need to beat Leicester or Power away to qualify that's one of our goals is to get out of the pool stages so we'll reassess it after game two to see where we're at the next game times we play both teams will be absolute full strength the Ospreys are the Welsh representatives in the Heineken Champions Cup here's coach Alan Clark. There's excitement, there's undoubtedly excitement. There's, you know, we wanted to get back in, we worked hard and fought hard to get back into the tournament in terms of our performances the back end of last season. So you want to ensure that you can put a team on the field that are physically, mentally, tactically set up to be the best version of themselves come Saturday against Munster. Given everything that's been going on in the World Cup, what's that team going to look like, do you think? We would have everyone back from the Welsh squad, so... And with the number of injuries we've picked up in the first Pro 14 games, um, I don't want to speculate too far. Um, but it's going to be mixed. There's going to be some experience. Boys who, like Dan Lydiot, who's captained unbelievably well at the start of the season and tips his absence, coupled with some of those young boys who are growing in experience and aren't looking out of their depth in professional game. What are the World Cup players are you, you likely to have back for that one? We're hoping to have maybe two or three boys, to be honest, no more, and then reintegrate the others over time between now and December. The Ospreys, before your time as well, always seem to be in the group of death in the Heineken Cup. I'm not quite sure. I so believe. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've, as a player, I was in the group of death, and I, I do know that the underdog can win. We weren't the flashiest team on paper way back and so sort of long time ago in 99 when we won it, when I won it with Ulster as a player but you do need a bit of luck you do need to get off to a good start you need momentum in games and then if you can get your crowd behind you people start to feel that confidence and that belief that's required in top end games and if you don't have that you'll always be questioning yourself and you'll never be able to deliver to your absolute we're going to have to be at our very best against Munster. You worked so hard to get into the competition. When the draw came out, was it? What were your feelings then? I didn't mind that at the time. You know, it, I can't control that. But at the time, you're seeing names like Alan Wynne Jones on your team sheet, Justin Tipperick on your team sheet, along with all our other seasoned internationals and our quality players at home. You're not seeing the likes of Adam Evans out injured. Circumstances have changed significantly. It makes the task more daunting, but one of the greatest admirations I have of the boys is that the tougher the challenge, the tougher they become. So much to look forward to this weekend. Plenty to report back on next week. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.